0: Good evening everybody. Good evening everybody. Welcome here to another episode of Duckman TV. We've got special guests on tonight, Jodie and Claire. So people might reckon, take a look at these faces people. Uh, you might recognize them from shows such as The Amazing Race. And if you get around the dragon boat racing scene, you are probably also recognize them from that. They are members of various dragon boat racing clubs and here to tell their story on how they got involved in dragon boat racing and tell everybody what it's all about and we're going to talk about a couple of the adventures they had in the amazing race as well uh thanks for your time tonight ladies i appreciate it very much I know it can be difficult making things happen so it's good that is could make some time to be able to have a chat with me tonight well
1: thanks for having us it'd be good to share yeah. our story with you
0: yeah absolutely so so let's start off how did you get involved in dragon boat racing how did we'll start off with you J D, and then we'll go to claire so how did you get involved in dragon boat racing
1: well about a uh, 40 years ago or so when i was a kid um probably <laughs> actually longer than that my one of my best friends her parents were dragon boaters and yeah. I grew up on the northern beaches and so I don't know where they dragon boated but somewhere around there and they used to go and travel overseas and they went to all these various countries dragon boating and I just was really interested in their stories and their travels and I thought to myself one day when I'm older that's what I'm going to do and (laughs) so I saw it advertised in our local paper in um it's called the Bush Telegraph so I saw it advertised there but it was when my children were still a bit too young and I was doing Saturday sports, like taking them to those sports. So anyway, about seven years ago, when they'd all grown up, I decided now's my time. I'm going to give it a go. And that's what I did.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting story. So so I just can't believe I'm trying to picture in my head. I didn't realize that dragon boat racing has been in Australia for that long, to be honest with you. So
2: yeah, I'm
1: surprised. I would imagine it may have been one of the first clubs around. I don't yeah. really know about that. But, um, yeah, it must have been around for a long time, I think.
0: Yeah. So I hope we're not giving away too much about your age, but the fact you said that you've been around for 40 years giving the Dragon Boat race. Oh, I'm
1: 56 and very proud of it.
0: <laughs> go. Good to embrace the whole... Uh, <laughs> Age and love of the sport. So Claire, how did you get involved with dragon boat racing?
2: Well, it's Jody's fault. So Jody dragged me to dragon boating. Um, I'd never heard of it and I was like, What are you talking about? And it was funny because I was living on the river that it was being um done. That's where they trained and I'd never seen it and I had these visions of these really strange, I don't know, boats with these big oars and everything, but Anyway, so I went down and had a crack and loved it. It was just amazing. So Jody essentially got me into dragon boating.
0: Yeah, I'm a bully. So, so, so how long have you been doing it for now, Claire?
2: I started dragon boating in July 2016, to be precise. <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. You can remember. I would
1: have only been the month or something before because I dragged her along very quickly.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, and I think you'd only been a couple of sessions before you said, come on, you got to come. I was like, all right, well, she survived
0: I should survive. <laughs> <laughs> so what dragon boat uh, racing club are you involved in? You're involved in Hawkesbury. Is that right?
2: The Hawkesbury River Dragon down at Parsley Bay in Upland on the Hawkesbury River. So that's where our yeah. club is. Beautiful yeah. down there. magical paradise.
0: And how, how many people participate in the dragon boat racing and are involved in the club?
2: Well,
1: at the moment we have, I think it's fifty-five active members, and we did a big recruitment uh, around about September last year, and we got twenty new paddlers, and they're all just amazing. They're doing great, and yeah, so we're just so happy to have grown our club a little bit, and hopefully we can grow it a little bit more as well.
0: Yeah, so I notice it's a very dynamic mix too with the dragon boat racing. I've got. Some friends that did it, and one of my mates actually was in the New South Wales club for a while, um, and he just had to give it up from work. But he said, oh, I was, the mix was nearly pretty close to 50-50. I, I think he was involved with Pendragon. So um, I just sort of liked the whole idea of it. So it, it's very dynamic, and they welcome men and women, and they tr- uh, all compete together, don't they? Yes. Yes. Um-
1: It is. It's like a very inclusive sport. Claire and I have both paddled with um, a lady who's blind. We've paddled with, well, we've paddled against people without legs. Uh, It's just an amazing sport for everybody, any age. We paddle with people who are in their 80s and they're incredible. People that are a lot younger, men and women together. It's, yeah, it's really good that way, isn't it, Claire?
2: It's incredibly inspiring what, you know, different people from different walks of life all come together, um, either for, you know, a sport or friendship or water in the outdoors. So that's what I love about it. It's different people that come for different reasons and we all get together, we compete, we have fun, make lifelong friends. It's And, and like you say, there's people of different abilities, um, different races, different genders, and you know, it's great.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, how many clubs do you compete against? So obviously it's not it's not massive, but they've got more numbers than people are aware of around. So I'm aware of different clubs all around different places where you've got a bit of water. You've probably got a club that people don't know about or how to get in touch with it. Actually,
2: oh, it, oh, sorry, you go, Claire. Sorry. It's, it's actually quite mind-blowing when you think that we just had a, um, one of our regattas down at Darling Harbour and there was over 3,000 athletes competing in that regatta and they were predominantly from New South Wales, a couple from Canberra and a couple from Victoria, but then there were clubs that didn't participate at all. So when you think about, you know, over 3,000 Dragon Boat members and they're not all the clubs and all the members that just compete in one regatta, it's it's really exciting. So you're right. I think people that live near water or would have, have no idea that there is a Dragon Boat Club around the corner from them or, you know, a couple of suburbs away, it is quite amazing.
0: Yeah. So so what, what do you need to bring to it? If you wanted to get into dragon boat racing, if I decided tomorrow I wanted to start doing dragon boat racing, how often uh, is your club meeting and other clubs meet? Is this like a weekly thing people can check out or a bit less than that, fortnightly, monthly?
2: that's one of the good things about dragon boating you know it is a team sport but you can also go in as an individual um so you can have your own individual goals of increasing your fitness or perfecting your technique but also as a team when you compete in clubs and things like that in the regatta um so it, it doesn't really matter what do you think jody
1: well Every club, like, with how often they meet is different. So basically our club meets twice a week, one day on a weekend and one after, like, uh, during the week after work. Um, Other clubs that have more members, they probably meet, they could probably do three, four, five sessions a week, depending on the size of their club. And it's really good because it's not, like, you don't have to commit, say, in our club for every Saturday. You go, you put your name down on the roster if you can make it that weekend. And if you can't, you you just, just you know, you don't. Um, All you need to bring down there really is a pair of shorts, T-shirt. Let you know, guys typically wear that. Women wear a pair of tights or shorts and a club shirt and closed-in shoes. And when you come down and you're just learning, we have spare paddles that we supply So, really, you don't need too much. And also, I think for a sport, it's a very um, cheap sport. So, for example, our club fees for the year are $200, and we paddle all year round. And um, I think that's a yeah That includes insurances and everything. So, it's a really good um, price, I think, for a sport. And probably most people, they could afford that for a year.
0: Yeah, it's very cheap compared to sports like, uh, football and soccer, where you're talking about four or five hundred bucks for yeah. registration for like five months, and then you got to buy a stack of gear to come with that. You're you looking in the vicinity, probably like a thousand bucks realistically by yeah. the time you do everything. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting. So, and hopefully, a lot
2: less injuries, lost less broken bones <laughs> and broken arms and legs and things. And yeah, so hopefully, it's a little bit kinder on the body.
0: Oh, that's right. I hop all around like I've been in a car accident. So that's from playing like 34 (laughs) years of soccer and rugby union and stuff. So so it's not not the best thing on on your body at all. So what what sort of level of fitness do you require to be doing this? So obviously you need to get a bit of conditioning uh, because it would take a little while to get up to like a a decent level where you can be uh, fairly competitive. Obviously you're going to have to learn – what, it, what it's all about now a little bit about principles of it because my mate was involved in it so I know that it's very different to rowing and everything like that but do you think it's really taken off a fair bit on the back of some of the success people like Jessica Fox have had with kayaking and all of this sort of stuff as well and canoe slaloms with the Olympics is that has that been good for the sport
2: I
1: don't I- yeah I don't think so I think they're totally different. I mean they're in boats on water but totally yeah. different techniques and styles and more of a dragon boating is more of a team sport obviously you you've got 22 yeah. people on a boat um I, so I think it's um I think it's grown because it's out there like like you said in every town every river every you know town that has a river there's a club there um and especially when it's in Darling Harbour and you've got so many thousands of people going through and watching, I think that has really grown the sport. And um, I, also I think Claire and I being that we were on the race and, you know, millions <laughs> of people have watched that thinking, what is that sport? I've never heard of it. So it sort of piqued, I think, some people's interests in the sport. Yeah. Um
2: the only other sport that would be remotely similar to is outrigging canoe. Yes. Because you paddle the same way in an outrigger that you do when you drag a boat because you paddle on the one side, you might swap sides, but um, yeah. you certainly do the same sort of thing. But whilst I do, I am a bit of a Jessica Fox man and we both do yeah. like kayaking. But when yeah. people come on the boat, we, we often say to them, Have you kayaked before? And they go, Yeah, yeah, I, I kayak a lot. And you go, Okay, forget that. It's nothing like that.
1: <laughs> but yeah. the worst are the people that have canoed before
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, throw all
0: them skills in the drain they're useless now so
2: yeah
0: you're in my world I now think, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I think the thing that's um quite unique about dragon boating is most people think it's just your arms um and your shoulders and things but it actually involves your whole body because you use a leg drive as well as you use your arms and you bend forward so it's a lot more of a body workout than um, people do realise. And I think that's one of the good things because it keeps you in shape and it keeps you fit. So you you don't necessarily have to be the world's fittest person and like running and things like that. So it's not one yeah. of those sort of aerobic fitnesses. Um, yeah, so you can do it, definitely build up, build that up.
1: Yeah. And clearly looking at Claire and I, we are not elite athletes. <laughs> yeah. We may think we are, but we're not. <laughs> and you, you get all sorts of abilities that That come along, you know, from older ladies to, you know, younger men. Every they're all different, and some people have said to me, "Oh, I don't think I can join because I'm not not fit enough." And we're like, "No, come and join because that's the way you'll get fitter." You know, it doesn't really matter. Just come along and have a go.
0: Yeah, have have a good experience and try try something new. So yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, that's
0: that's what I want to promote. uh, Just. It's something different. And I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say the Darling Harbour event was based around the Chinese New Year the festival and all that sort of stuff.
2: You are a very well educated man.
0: So, <laughs> so, how that would have been some sort of extraordinary thing because I've done a bit of stuff uh, doing deliveries and that in and around the city when uh, I had the Chinese New Year festival. And it's pretty spectacular, really. So, to be able to do dragon boat racing, uh, in a sport they love. But yeah. Are there any Chinese teams in it talking about that, actually?
1: um, Not, at, not like, you mean from China? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, but you might, like, for, like, the festival for the Chinese New Year, did they submit any teams that are, like, experts that, like, they keep in the uh, back of the <laughs> shelf for the rest of the year and they come out and just uh-huh. put on a display or anything like that?
1: No, not as in, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, People like well, people from all walks of life in different countries yeah. that do dragon boating. And yeah, there's surely enough um people that are Chinese heritage or origin that do dragon boating as well. It's popular yeah. sport for them. And because traditionally, yes, it's a Chinese sport that goes back thousands of years and it's got a history, you know, a great history for them in China. Um and at the Lunar New Year Festival, they do have like uh they have Chinese. The community comes out and they do their dances with their dragons and they bless the dragon boat and there's a tradition of eye dotting. It's called. Oh, really? They come along and they, um, someone from the Chinese community comes along and they, with a little bit of paint, they dot the um, eyes of the dragon on the boats and it's like symbolizes good luck and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a really a really nice festival to go to and lots of fun. And they also carried on in, into um, Chinatown with all their festivities and they had an opening and closing ceremony. So it was a really good um, opportunity for people to get down and have a good time there. And also you may not be aware that um, the dragon boating is really popular with breast cancer survivors. So, oh, really? Yeah. That. So we competed on the Saturday and then on the Sunday was the breast cancer survivors And it was promoted years ago by a doctor who thought that it was a very good um, sport for women to regain upper body strength. And um, so it's very, very popular with breast cancer survivors. And they typically are the pink teams and they have these beautiful pink shirts and it's yeah really really good to see them all out there having a go and oh, they're amazing athletes and it's a great sport for all those breast cancer survivors to have a go at as well and there are some clubs that have specifically have a breast cancer survivor uh, team in their clubs
0: that's um that's a really big deal to be able to do that because it's um it would be very empowering for women who have lost like a part of their body, right? So from some yeah. insidious disease which kills a lot of people. So to be able to get back the confidence to be able to go and do something again, and have a lot of support in a group where that happens as well. So I, I think that's fantastic. They've got the opportunity to do that, and it's yeah. got a big footprint in that as well. So do they have world championships in dragon boat racing?
1: They sure do. So Claire and I, we've competed at the Australian Masters, which a couple of years ago was in Adelaide and, you know, Masters, so it's for old people. And (laughs) um, over 40 you have to be to compete as a dragon boater. There's about, I don't know, 40 to 50 sports that are represented there and they've got their different age groups, but um, dragon boating, it is a minimum of 40. and. Claire and I have had other opportunities, like we've been a couple of times up to the Pan Pacific Games on the Gold Coast. We've competed in New Zealand and Singapore, and probably one of the most exciting was in Hong Kong. And that was amazing. And, I mean, honestly, you go to something like that and you see these most incredible athletes and (laughs) you look at them like, oh, gee, got no chance here. But what a load of fun that is. And in Australia we have... um, like a state championship. Claire's been chosen twice to be on the New South Wales state team. And then we also have the Auroras. The Auroras are Australian, the Australian team and they've just gone through their selections right now and they have junior teams. they have um, like the premiers, the under 40. they then they have like senior A, B and C. So senior A's are 40 in the 40s, senior B's are in the 50s and senior C's are 60s plus. And all of those people, they've just been selected. They'll represent Australia at the next um, world championship. I'm not sure where it is for the next one, which country it's in. But no. yeah, they actually do really well. Like Australia comes away with quite a few gold medals.
0: So yeah. they actually I'm, I'm really- surprised the numbers are, are so big that they've got all, like even the senior competition. So if like you think, oh, yeah, you would have over 40s. And then to be able to field over 50s and 60s, yeah. Like, that's phenomenal numbers to be able to have that in a sport and have yeah. competitive sides. And, geez, you must have had it. must have been so difficult travelling overseas to all these great places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: very, very live. hard. Claire and I yeah, never have fun when we go away together, do we, Claire? Ever, ever, ever.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, abs- absolutely <laughs> torturous. So I'm sure you just sat there in a hotel room and went through the phone book to find some light and entertainment and that sort of stuff, didn't you? So,
1: oh, exactly, yeah. Never any trouble that we get up to at all. Always
2: an
0: early so, night, right? Yeah. So I, I imagine the whole social element with dragon boat racing too is massive because, uh, from what I saw, my mate was doing it. It being all inclusive, everybody they all went and mingled and mixed and did stuff afterwards. And yeah, I've, yeah. I felt it was like a pretty good community sport to get involved with uh, as opposed to some of the other stuff I have been involved with in the past. Well, it's not quite like that. It's You have different experiences. So I'm, I'm going to take this down another track now. You two ladies were on the Amazing Race. How did that happen? How did <laughs> well, that yeah. come
1: Over to you, Claire.
2: Well, funnily enough, the Amazing Race experience for us came about um, because of dragon boating. So basically, as um, OzDBF, so Oz Dragon Boat Federation Australia, sent out an email to all the dragon boat clubs around Australia um, saying that the Amazing Race was looking for some dragon boat competitors to apply. Um, But the funny thing was that it was, I think, 2019. So just before COVID, Jodie and I did apply to the Amazing Race. It was always something that we were interested in doing. Um, And so we sent off a little video of just ourselves, um, but we never heard anything back. So when we got this little email from um, the Dragon Boat Federation, we thought, oh, why not? Let's have another crack. So I started to complete all the um, online requirements, and then I – got a phone call of someone randomly just saying, I've looked at your, you know, application. You've just got to wait on a video. Um, You know, I just encourage you to submit the video. And I said, oh, my friend's busy gallivanting around in a caravan somewhere, so I can't do it for another week anyway. We went down to our Dragon Boat Club and we filmed a little video and we sent it off and then the next minute we get an email or something saying you've made it to the next stage and we're like, what on earth are they thinking? Why on earth would they want two old crazy ducks like us? <laughs> and then we kept going through the next stage and then it was a Zoom and a meeting with all the executives and we're like, I can't believe it, but we were so excited. Like even just to make it to that process, we were just we loved it. Just each bit, we just kept going. And then when we were ready to go, we were, like, pinching ourselves. Oh, my gosh, what's happening? So it was very exciting. So we, we did it initially that we wanted to do it in you know, 2019, and then obviously we were encouraged with the Dragon. And, well, yeah.
1: and then we had to have that big, long um, questionnaire with the psychologist, and we thought, oh, we'll be out now. They, they oh, yeah, won't choose us Watch now. Up. They'll know we're crazy. <laughs> and they still did. <laughs> Amazing.
0: So... <laughs> So how did did they tell you what you were going to be in store for when you got in it? Did they tell you you need to do that? No, they
1: tell you very little. They They really tell you very little. That's nothing. They did not say there was going to be 10,000 stairs involved. No. (laughs) So
0: did did you go to Picchu as well?
1: No. You know, the funny thing is, well, first of all, like Claire was saying when we applied, we found out later there was like 60,000 people that applied oh, seriously yeah massive numbers and i know now some a few people i've met at different competitions dragon birding they say oh we applied and and so it's like funny talking to them and they wanting to know what was our video like what did we do and i said we did it all wrong we didn't read the questions what we were supposed to say we just made up stuff which was apparent was all wrong but anyway we still got yeah. through but yeah you don't you're not told much at all you arrive at a hotel and they send you to wardrobe, you get your uniforms and off you go. And from day to day, you actually know nothing. Um, Yeah, it's mentally and physically very, can be very tough. Um, If you're not good at changes, it's probably not a great thing to do. (laughs) Like, you know, you pretty much, you race all day and you have dinner, you go back to your room and really at that point, you sometimes don't even know what's happening tomorrow. They might knock on your door and say, "Okay, be up at five forty-five, ready to race." Oh, okay. But you, like from day to day, you don't know where you're going, what country you're in, what you're going to be doing at all.
0: Yeah, so, it looks point. like they actually attract a few quirky sort of characters. There's it, not too many. Uh, I've seen a few straighty one eighty people are going like, "I'm going to do this, and this is going to be the way." <laughs> like, I don't think so. They're going to throw, like a spanner in the works here, so this is going to be different.
1: Well, I can tell you something. The very first few days when Claire and I got to see who we were competing against, because uh-huh. we we actually thought for a while it was going to be just all dragon boaters. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We got down to a meeting where we got to see everyone for the first time and we weren't allowed to speak to them or anything at this point. Um, and Claire and I are just like looking around the room like, oh, my gosh, they're all young. They're all <laughs> in their
2: 20s, they're fit. What on earth are we doing here?
1: <laughs> Where are the old people? And then one man older than me walked in with his daughter, like, okay, thank goodness there's someone else who's old. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and we were quite shocked because like, how on earth are we going to run around the world chasing 20-year-olds? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a...
2: So, so
0: we're starting to think we're going to have a bit of a filmer and louise experience or something like that
2: yeah pretty much <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh but look we met some amazing people like yeah. the contestants or even the film crew and the camera crew but even the locals in the countries that we went to um we really enjoyed the relationships and friendships that we made along the way and that really was one of the highlights of the trip wasn't it jodie
1: It really was, and there ended up being 20 teams. We didn't realise at the time. We were a team of 10, 10 teams starting from Melbourne, but what we didn't realise, there were another 10 teams that started from Sydney, and we spent the first day in um, Morocco racing in separate locations. We were down near the Sahara Desert, and they were at Marrakesh, and so in the other um, lot of 10 teams, there was also the mum's team. There's always typically the mum's team who get out the first day. And yeah. so they had a mum's team who did get out on the first day. So we never, ever got to meet them. And then yeah. we merged as 18 teams on, the, on day three. And yeah. Claire and I were like, oh, my gosh, like there's nine more teams coming up this hill. And we're looking for the old people. Like surely there's some old people now in the next <laughs> nine teams. No, there wasn't. They were all 20s and 30s. And we're like, no. "No." So now we um, were the mums to 17 other teams. So we were Mama Claire and Mama (laughs) Jodie. And those young people were just so beautiful. Like when we found things that were hard that were easier for them, they encouraged us like, come on, mamas, you've got this. And when there were things that were hard, like age and being older and experienced in some things like they could, some of them couldn't drive a manual car and there were lots of car crashes and they're like, mamas, how come you didn't crash the car? And like kids were being like, we've been driving longer than you've been alive. So, <laughs> And gardening, we had to
2: do a gardening challenge. Yes. One of them's going, how do you pull out weeds and all sorts of things? Really? Just- yeah. Brilliant. yeah. Well, well there were big tarant
1: that. and there were big tarantulas walking across you know, at the same time as we were gardening. So the kids were pretty scared about that. There were lots of screams happening and,
2: yeah.
0: That that is absolutely, that's hilarious. Yeah, (laughs) it was. Very funny. Tell me you can find some of the highlights of this online or something somewhere, surely. I want to look this up afterwards.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's all on Ten Play. If you go to Ten Play and look up The Amazing Race, all the episodes are there. Yeah. So you so can. You
2: know, that, they do have. The, they have, do have some shorts of some of the funny things. Um, on, yeah, yeah, I think spoiler kind of things. But yeah, yeah. it is great. Yeah. It
0: was so good. Loved it. So, um, so obviously you're obviously uh, offering a lot of mentoring, and that so many younger because so many younger people they're used to oh I can do this physical challenge. When you give them something that actually constantly pushes them to the limit they don't deal with things very well because they're not used to just that constant pressure always being there and knowing that you're going to be all right, you're going to get through this.
2: Through yeah. this.
0: yeah. So there's a few fair weather people out there. Did that make it a bit easier from mental element? Did you play the psychology side of it to help get you through it?
2: I think we should have because clearly we didn't but <laughs> i um I, I i agree with you because a lot of the younger ones i mean they live in this instant world you know messaging um everything's instant they know where each other are all the time you know gone are the days where you'd bring a phone it would ring out and you'd go oh don't worry i'll call them later you know what i mean so uh, they knew everything they wanted everything right now so sometimes they didn't cope with not knowing when their next meal was or when their next sleep was and and, you know, they struggled a little bit with that. But we just loved them when we mothered them. So we kind of helped them rather than sort of planning on it. We, we weren't very strategic at all. We just loved yeah. them and mothered them because a lot of them were our, our own children's ages. So we kind of yeah. just became the mother figures, helped them wash their clothes and pack <laughs> them and dry them and all sorts of strange motherly stuff that we did. Um, yeah, so now we didn't and really that, use it to their advantage.
1: And at the same time, there were times like, I struggled, um, some of the physical things, uh, and like, you know, just out of nowhere, I remember running through Athens, the city of Athens, and we had to run about three kilometers to get to the next place. And our backpacks are heavy. I had a couple of broken ribs and big backpack on me. And like, just out of nowhere, one of the guys, one of the, um, guys from the Northern territory just came running up and haven't even spoken to him yet. He just like grabbed my hand and, helped me you know pulled me along and oh, no one had to, yeah no one had oh, to do so things lovely. like that but we all did yeah. like they helped us we helped them and it was a really beautiful thing it was like our teamwork Claire and I we really work well as a team and I think that comes from already being in a team sport uh, yeah. being older and you know just cooperating with each other more where yeah. some of the other teams would get angry at each other or yell at each other and all that sort of stuff but we never did that and i think that was a really that really helped us um the younger teams said afterwards like oh when we saw you we thought you'd be definitely the first ones out yeah. <laughs> and they would <laughs> So shocked. It was just like we kept going and going yeah. and
2: going. You're still here. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that's one thing. If I had done that with my wife, I can turn out taking 20 minutes and would have been getting into it. It's like, oh, this is not working. So, oh,
1: I, I said 100%. that to my husband. I could never have done this with you because it would not have been pretty.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's great. So what was the uh, most interesting experience or challenge that you had to do while you were doing the amazing race? Oh, um, interesting. Uh,
2: watching Jody do parkour was fun. <laughs> 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 Who would think that 56-year-old could do a tuck and roll and roll all over the roof of a place? And um, no, it's Santorini. That was yeah. great. I think the toughest one really was, um, was the the stairs with the donkey at Santorini. Jodie really struggled with that um, to the point that I thought we were going home. I thought she was going to pull out. I didn't think she was going to be able to do it. She just took one look at it and just went, no, I can't. I can't do it. And I just looked at the um, producers and it was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, you know, she honestly, I cried when we finished that leg because I was so proud of her. Like, it was tough. But she did it. It was and it was amazing. But she still talks about how much she hates it. I really enjoy it. (laughs) It's put me off
1: Santorini because we had we had this clue and it said make your way to some chairlift, and you had to go down this chairlift. And as we're going down, I can see like you know a million stairs up the side of a mountain. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to make us walk up those stairs. I know it. And it was overwhelming. It was the most ridiculous amount of stairs going up the side of a cliff. I think there was like 600 or something. Wasn't there, Claire?
2: I think it was closer to 800.
1: Maybe. Okay. It was horrible. Oh, I'm not sure. There
2: was a lot. <laughs>
1: and when we got off the chairlift, there's a donkey at the bottom, and they said it was the donkey's day off. So we had to take a donkey to the top up these hundreds and hundreds of stairs Whilst we were carrying the donkey's luggage, as well as our backpacks that weighed about 15 kilos on our backs. Yeah. And I just looked up there and I thought, absolutely not. I, I said, and I'm saying, you amazing race people are just cruel. There's a perfectly good chairlift. I could put the donkey in there. Why would you make us do that? That's ridiculous. I <laughs> was in a very yeah. bad mood.
2: She and, was grumpy. <laughs> yeah. So
1: Claire loves animals. So she was in charge of the donkey. Um, I had the donkey's suitcase. Claire had a Big wreath around her neck and some big long thing on a stick, and off we went. And honestly, without my little buddy Claire, I would not have gotten up that hill. And all I remember her saying was one step in front of the other. And that was the thing that got me up there. I just kept thinking in my head, okay, one step, one step. And every time that donkey stopped to try and eat a bit of grass, I was like, yes, donkey eat as much as you want and really for me that experience and the whole amazing race experience was we are so much we are capable of so much more than what we think we are and it's in your head and you can do that stuff you can but it's a mind game
0: yeah this is what i really like about the amazing race because the teams do work together right you'll get some uh, unravel but yeah. I don't like I don't like Survivor. Survivor's a bit nasty, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I don't like that. whole – That reminds me of high school <laughs> a little bit too much. Yeah,
2: so, so true.
0: But but I like the the Amazing Race. So try to the work and, and challenging against each other, but you ultimately dig in with the other people you're competing against because you're not directly competing against them, right? It's all trying to work together to achieve the same common thing ultimately.
1: Well, not – Well yes and no because at the end of every single day whoever's last to the pit stop they're eliminated so as much as you do help people when you can um, you know you've got to remember that if you're last you're you're going home that day so even with that though I mean people were very helpful weren't they Claire? Yeah
2: Yeah, they were I mean the majority of people were very helpful and kind. Um, you know, there's always that little agenda in the back of your mind. You know, if you come first, you generally win a, a nice prize as well. So there was a little bit of yeah. argy for that first across the line. Um, but those that were sort of knew that they were going to be somewhere in the middle, they tended to help you a little bit more. And but we were all really sad to see each couple go at the end. Yeah. Of each yeah. Week. And it, you were. It affected us all because we did sort of bond so much. You're far away from home, and you become Great
0: night. Yeah. So so how long was the whole experience for? Like time-wise, days, weeks, months?
1: Well, it's funny when you go on this journey, you're told that it could be up to six weeks. Um, yeah. but you could be gone for three days. So it just you don't yeah. know. And you're not allowed to tell anybody except for your family. And it's very awkward, like for Claire and I, we had to ask our bosses for time off work, and it's basically um you know what can I I need to take some time off I could be gone a week I could be gone four weeks I can't tell you where I'm going or what I'm doing but can I have that time off and so I thought being you know old girls that we'd probably get out maybe day one or maybe day two and so in my head I'm thinking I will be back in a few weeks well we weren't we were gone for six weeks
2: (laughs) and yeah, so really so much that she only booked six weeks she had to then tell get someone to email her boss to say she needed another week off I was like how rude I can't believe that you underestimated us that much well,
1: <laughs> well when we just didn't want to get out first right no one wants to be the first team out and the very yeah. first day we came six out of ten teams so we were so happy with ourselves And then so we think, okay, well, you know, that's great. We didn't get out first. So let's try and make it to at least three days of competition. Well, that came and went. And then Claire said, let's get to another country. And we did. We went from Morocco to Greece and did three days running around Greece. And then Claire goes, I want a third country. (laughs) All right. So then we made it to (laughs) Turkey. And then I felt like she was just getting a little bit selfish now because I was very tired. (laughs) (laughs) And then we made so, it to the next country to Belize. So we went far. Like we ended up um, after we were eliminated. There was only one week left of the competition. So yeah, we did very well.
0: So yeah. if you hadn't gone on the Amazing Race, would you have had the experiences and traveled to all these countries just on your own? Would you gone? Would you have ever gone to Belize or to Greece yep. or Marrakesh in Morocco or anything like that?
2: Well.
1: I've traveled a lot and I can tell you I Morocco has never been on my radar Belize absolutely not um Turkey no but yes Greece I mean that's quite a common country for people to be curious at but saying that Morocco was the most beautiful country like absolutely incredible Turkey was also beautiful. And Belize, what an amazing, amazing country with the most lovely people. And we also went out to an island in the Caribbean called Kikorka. Oh, that was incredible, that place. So, yeah, (laughs) I I would never have gone to those places. Would you, Claire?
2: Oh, I feel so incredibly um, lucky and so privileged to have had the opportunity experiences that we did Um, you know like Jodie I had not planned any time to go to any of those countries apart from Greece Um, but all four of the countries that we were lucky enough to visit were very different for different reasons and honestly it was just magic it was wonderful it's not the same type of holiday you could ever plan yourself because it's yeah. sort of on steroids or fast forward because you don't get to stop and smell the roses and you know go and look at things and you know you're driving a car and on the wrong side of the road and following a map and trying to you know work it all out and looking for other teams and looking for red and yellow bloody flags to see if you're in the right place and yeah. you know all these crazy things and you know but you know some of the time i, I know particularly during Belize i was like just you know while you're driving have a look over there at that mountain or just go pinch yourself you know this is amazing so yeah Yeah. it's a very different experience but one that i am incredibly grateful to have had a a different thing
1: for claire and i being older people on the race we had a bit of a different agenda i think than some of the young ones the young ones were just You know, they'd run from A to B as fast as they could. But Claire and I, you know, we called ourselves the amazing walkers. We made sure the producers (laughs) knew that we were the amazing walkers. And we did tell the producers it wasn't because we weren't fit or young. It was just because we were kind to the camera and the sound person and we didn't want them to have to run so fast. (laughs) But we actually did stop and smell the roses. Like we stopped and we talked to locals. We Claire stopped and pet every dog or cat she could buy. And we really, (laughs) I think, we took it in more than anyone else on that race. I think we did stop and enjoy where we were in the moment that we were in.
0: Well, I I think you need to, right, because life is very short and it can be gone in the blink of an eye. So uh, people miss these things now because the whole world is like – Fast-paced, everything's fast-paced. Like I said earlier, everyone wants everything now and people miss stuff. You you drive past the most beautiful scenery and things because you don't open your eyes and look what's around you. are too focused on whatever (laughs) you're Yeah, Yeah, stuck in your phone. I'll tell you something.
1: When we left Australia, we had nothing of our own excepting a couple of pieces of clothing because everything else was their clothing that... Uh, Kat Manju sponsored us and so we had all their clothing and but you know we had nothing of our own really we had a passport we had toiletries and that was about it that was ours we had no phone we had no money we had nothing and I'll tell you it was really nice not to have a phone for six weeks it was quite a lovely liberating feeling wasn't it like yeah it was just amazing
2: like, oh look at def- I mean obviously you thought about your family every yeah. now and then and you know what's happening back in Australia or what's happening you know at work and you know you have the fleeting thought and then you're on with the next thing and you completely forget about everyone but it really yeah. was nice just living in the moment wasn't it
1: yeah it was I really really cherish those six weeks without all of that other stuff that goes on in your head and at work and families and it's just everything it was A real nice getaway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. (laughs) From reality. So so we're going to bring you back to reality now with Dragon Boat Racing. So if new people want to come into Dragon Boat Racing, how do they get involved with the club? How how do they reach out and uh, get in touch to come and try it or join up or anything like that?
1: Well, we would absolutely love anybody to come down and join us. We paddle out of Brooklyn. We have a Facebook page called the Hawkesbury River Dragons. We also have an Instagram page. And um, if anyone was to go on those pages, they would find our email address where they could uh, send us a message or an email and we'd get back to them. Um, We do have three try for free days so they can come along and see if they like it. Uh, we also later on this year, will have a full week learn to paddle program that we will put out. We haven't got the dates for that yet, but even without those dates, anyone can come along at any time and give it a go. Yeah. Claire is our head coach and she is also our head sweep. So she is amazing at, you know, showing people what to do and making them comfortable. Yeah, so, yeah that's how they get in contact with us. And we'd love it.
2: And most of the clubs you know, all around, you know, New South Wales and Australia, they all have Facebook um, pages. So, you know, I guess all you have to do is type up, you know, Dragon Boat Clubs. And so for anyone around Australia, if you're interested in getting into it, it really is a brilliant sport um, and you'll be pleased you did.
1: And actually you can, in New South Wales, you can go on Dragon Boat New South Wales webpage and there's, um, a little tab on there that says find a club so you can type in where you live and it will let you know what your closest club is
0: yeah so i've got one last question to wrap it up with did you just ever think the day you started doing it that you would get to where you are have the experiences you've had and enjoy it sound like you're enjoying your life incredibly which is a fabulous thing
2: Absolutely not. When Jodie said to me, you need to come to dragon boating. I was like, what on earth is that? That sounds disgusting and ridiculous. (laughs) And I'm doing nothing of the sort. And I even remember my mother saying you will hate it. And too funny, never looked back. Um, I just think it's not just only the sport and the friendships, but it's the the life opportunities I've had. I mean, going overseas and traveling and competing and representing Australia um, and obviously yeah being in the amazing race which came about through dragon voting um, for me being a sweep and a coach they're extra skills that I've never had um, and for me I have a quite a complex job so for me it's a great way to unwind I go on the Hawkesbury River and I paddle or sweep and all the Fears and worries go out the window where I really do have me time and wind down. And so I am incredibly thankful to the sport. It has changed my life.
0: Yeah. What about you, Janie?
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. When I started, I had no idea of what was to come. And, I mean, I would hope because when I was a kid and I saw my uh friends parents travel i was hoping that maybe that would happen but in no way did i think claire and i would get to the countries and win these medals and go on the amazing race and also claire and i have met the most amazing people and we've got such a great friendship circle through people at dragon boating and we're always constantly having fun or going away or camping or whatever like we just really have a great time together
0: That, that is really good. I, I really love it. I think the story is uh, fabulous, and I think uh, people will have a very good time if they can come down and try dragon boat racing, have some good experience as well, make some good lifelong friends, which is uh, an important thing too. And I care about people's health as well. It's when I see people have healthy lifestyles, where to go out and be active. you don't have to run marathons, you can do all sorts of exactly. things to stay fit and healthy.
1: So, Duckman, when are you coming down?
0: Oh, I'll give it a try, so 100%. I'm, We'd love I'm love to conditioner myself. Yeah, I'll come down and do it. I'll have a look. I'll get in touch with you after this because okay. I will make some time to do it. And I can tell you, it will go on YouTube afterwards. I will be blowing it out hard. <laughs> my fitness level. I, I coach a rugby union team too and focus on fitness stuff. I can't do what I ask the guys to do anymore. I, haven't I love it. <laughs> Goal.
1: Actually, Goal. how about you just bring the whole rugby team down?
0: That, yeah. That
2: yeah, that's good. a great idea. <laughs> yeah. It would be yeah, so much punishment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that's, that's something to look at to try to have team bonding experiences where all yes. of those got to work together. It Might be a good experience for everyone. So.
2: Definitely, absolutely, we're yeah. happy to facilitate that. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, ladies, thank you very much for your time. As it's, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, and the stories are magnificent. Uh, I'll go through a process this get this onto my YouTube page and give us a copy of the podcast and it'll go on Pulse FM as well on air. And you'll see a story that will come up about this in the March edition of the Hills Independent Magazine. So thanks for your time. And everybody, uh, keep on ducking, keep following Duckman TV. There's going to be plenty more content like this. So thanks again. It it has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed myself.
2: Well, thanks so so much much for having us.
0: Yeah, no worries. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thanks, ladies.
2: All right. bye. Bye. Bye.